You are now listening to the Magical Learning Podcast. In today's episode, Graham gives you some tips on how to become a lifelong learner. Not only to keep learning, but how to enjoy the process. It's something we live by here at Magical Learning, and so here's a tip to make you better as a lifelong learner. Enjoy the episode. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, if you happen to be in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, Welcome to our uh, May webinar on the, the magic of lifelong learning. My name is Graham Gerstenberg. I'm the, the managing director of Magical Learning, and uh, over the next 45 minutes, um, I'm looking forward to sharing some of the latest uh, science and information around the benefits of lifelong learning with you. It's I'm actually sitting in a hotel room in Canberra, and it is a an absolutely stunning day. Uh, the view outside my window, other than the blue sky, is uh, just autumn trees, uh, leaves changing colour. It's, um, it's just stunning, just amazing. We're very, very lucky. We live in a beautiful country. Um, so if I start to ramble at any point, I do apologise. We, we only flew back into Oz on Sunday evening and um, whilst most of the jet lag is gone, from time to time I still find myself having little... Um, mental oopsies, but uh, I'll do my best to make this uh, informative, entertaining. And as I said, if you have any questions or suggestions as we're going through, please feel free to share those with us. So the outline for today looks like a blank page. <laughs> the, the plan for the next 45 minutes is we're going to explore some of the issues around lifelong learning uh, we're talking about why continuous self-development is so important for you on a number of fronts, you know, for you as a human being, for you as an employee, uh, as a family member, as a parent, spouse. We want to talk a little about how lifelong learning can elevate your career and certainly your um, career prospects and opportunities over time. Uh, we'll also look at how you can identify the key skills that you we say must develop. Uh, we will talk a little about what's coming up in terms of human development, uh, where we're heading, and, and what skills are, are really important for employers and organisations at the moment. And also share some simple tactics with you to grow yourself and your skills. That's the starting point. Um, as always, a few quotes as we're going through, and I really like this. I'm, I'm not too sure about biting the pencil. But uh, one of Gandhi's sayings around learning was live as if you were to die tomorrow, but learn as if you were to live forever. There's lots of cliches around learning. One of the others that comes to mind is that the day we stop learning is the day we start dying. But before I dive into the content, uh, I'd love to hear from those on the call. Uh, why is, is lifelong learning important to you what do you uh, how does this resonate with you in your current life role position etc so i might just open this up to the group for uh, a minute or two again feel free to unmute yourself or uh, use the chat box to send some thoughts in okay let's move on uh, again just a quick quote if i can from somebody that um, Jeanette and i have been following avidly for many years um, and this is uh, Seth Godin. Uh, Seth has 
uh, done some remarkable things in the early days of uh, internet marketing. Um, he's, um, I, I like the way he thinks. He's been involved in a lot of startups. He was successful very early on and then was also involved in some uh, businesses that didn't succeed at all. Uh, but he has a, a wonderful way of thinking about um, learning. And just something that came up in, uh, ironically, in, a, in one of his blogs that I received the other day. So it talks about the, the connection uh, or the relationship, if you like, between social connections with other people and learning. Uh, life learning is never finished. Achieving that mindset isn't easy because the existing bias towards competence makes it socially unattractive. So my spin or my interpretation of that is we tend to view people who constantly seek to improve themselves, to get better, to learn new skills, learn new things. And also people who are like sharing that. We can often tend to view those people distantly. Uh, so the, the connection, the relationship with them suffers because we can see them as either trying to get above their station or they think they're better than us or how dare they continue to learn and, uh, and make me feel inadequate because I haven't done anything about learning for a long time. Uh, and there's a lot to be said for the the idea that once you're competent at something, that's pretty much as far as you need to go. And, and to a large extent, that's, I think, where learning used to be. You, know, you went to school, you learned, you got a trade or a qualification, you got a job and, and that was it. The other thing Seth mentions about learning is that it requires us to acknowledge that we don't know enough on our way to learning more. Um, and again, my, I, I interpret that in part as the day that we believe that we're perfect at something is the day that we start to become irrelevant at whatever that is. So the idea of perfection for me is, is a myth. Uh, it's certainly something to, that you could seek to work towards, but recognize that in any aspect of your life, perfection is dangerous because it means that we stop looking to improve or looking to learn more. So having a mindset around lifelong learning and, and looking at every day as an opportunity to learn something and just one small thing, it doesn't have to be big, is um, it's not an easy mindset for us to step into. It's certainly not one that many of us uh, um, are raised with. And I have to admit that um, in my early adult years, uh, lifelong learning was not something that I embraced at all, but it's certainly in the last 10, 10, 15 years in particular, it's something that I've become much more engaged with. But some other thoughts around, so why is continuous self-development or lifelong learning? I mean, why should we care? Why does it matter? And here are some thoughts. Um, lifelong learning can lead to uh, enriching your sense of meaning and purpose in your life. Uh, and we'll go through each of these in a little more detail shortly. It can absolutely build um, greater resilience. And resilience is something that I think many of us um, can benefit from improving. Also provides greater career flexibility. The fact that you are willing to engage in learning new skills, new information, new ideas, change the way you think, can have a huge impact on the opportunities that may present themselves. One of the, the fun things, um, one of the things I'm hugely grateful for in the leadership programs that we run is that many of the participants that come through our programs realise that they are either miserable, underappreciated or not appreciated at all. 
uh, underutilized or they're just in the wrong job. So they will often choose a new career as a result of opening themselves up to a different way of thinking about what's possible. Uh, being a lifelong learner is such a beautiful way of being a role model. If you have uh, children in your life or if you have others who look to you as, uh, as a role model, then it's, it's a beautiful thing to model for others. Uh, lifelong learning also helps us become more adaptable and uh, adaptability is a hot topic at the moment simply because of the, the constant change that we're experiencing in pretty much every aspect of our life. I'm going to talk a little about SCARF rewards in just a second as well. SCARF is a model uh, that came out of uh, a book that written by David Rock, who founded the Neuroleadership Institute. One of the fun things about learning, if we get into the right mindset about it, is it literally makes us feel good. We get this reward thing happening in our brain. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to mention on why you should uh, consider lifelong learning as a uh, as a responsibility is it also leads to uh, substantially greater brain health for you as a human being. Now, if we look at each of these in a little more detail, and uh, particularly the, the idea of lifelong learning and how it relates to a sense of meaning or purpose uh, and how it builds more resilience in your life. There was a, uh, and this is based on a study done by the UK Department of Health and Social Care, which also runs the National Health Service in the UK. And this was um, data that came out last year. Um, learning throughout life, and this includes learning beyond childhood. So we go through school, high school, college, university, and in the past, in 30, 40 years ago, we, that was pretty much the end of learning. And then we just did a little bit of learning on the job, but otherwise, uh, we didn't really engage in formal, or many of us didn't engage in formal learning beyond that. So when we learn throughout life, um, it is associated with greater satisfaction and optimism. Um, it, an improved ability to get the most from life. And that in part, again, comes back to the optimism and the belief that I can have more or, or be more is probably more important uh, and achieve more simply because I am open to learning. Uh, a greater sense of well-being for people who practice lifelong learning. Uh, it enhances their ability to cope with stress, and this in part comes back to the, uh, the resilience piece and the fact that as we learn how to manage stress more effectively, it does give us greater resilience. But also greater feelings of self-esteem, of hope, and of purpose. Uh, there was a, a wonderful TED talk by... Uh, a lady's name, I hope I don't mispronounce it, but I'm pretty sure her name is Emily Esfahani Smith. She has a double barreled surname. And her TED talk was based on uh, her realization one day that all of the talk of happiness wasn't really cutting it, uh, that just thinking you needed to be happy wasn't sustainable longer term. And what she found, so she uh, went back to university and spent a couple of years um, studying the idea of happiness and, and what you found was that having a sense of meaning or purpose in your life is a much stronger indicator of uh, happiness and well-being in the longer term. And again, most of this comes from learning in one sense and recognising that we don't know as much as we could and looking for opportunities to improve. One of the other things the UK Department of Health and Social Care mentioned 
was that connections that we create during learning. So this is where we're learning in any sort of group environment. Uh, this can include learning online, uh, although, again, there's still a lot of evidence to point to the, the immediate face-to-face -face connections having a much more positive impact on us as human beings. But connections we create during learning increase our sense of well-being by helping to build and strengthen social relationships. Uh, if you're interested, there's a wonderful book called Social, written by Matthew Lieberman, who's a psychologist at, uh, I think he was at UCLA, and his wife, uh, who is a neuroscientist, whose name escapes me, uh, Jennifer Eisenberger, I think it might be Jennifer. Social is all about the fact that as human beings, we thrive when we have uh, a deep level of social connection or emotional connection with at least one other human being. So just uh, the act of learning in a group environment with other people, apart from the fact that we learn stuff, uh, actually strengthens our sense of well-being because we feel more connected. So when we're looking at the question of, so what skills do I need to develop? How do I work out um, what I should be learning? Well, one suggestion I have around that, and I'll, I'll come back to that a little later, is to think about what are you interested in? So yeah, learning from a work perspective is important, but learning from a human perspective is far more important. So taking the time to learn something that you're interested in, I think is also a wonderful opportunity. Uh, a study published through, uh, this is a, a combined study from Boston, uh, Harvard University and, and the University of Michigan. Um, found that improving soft skills, and this included things like communication, problem solving, uh, boosted productivity and employee retention in organisations by 12%, and partly as a result of the higher uh, employee retention and because they were improving things like communication, problem solving, collaboration skills. They also found productivity went uh, increased as well and organisations were experiencing a return on investment of around 250%. So if they spend $10,000 putting some of their teams through skills training, they were finding they were getting $25,000 return through, again, higher productivity, greater staff retention, and I suspect uh, much higher staff engagement. So another study from the Carnegie Institute of Technology found that 85% of financial success for human beings is due to skills in human engineering. So often we perceive things like financial success as somebody must have a really high IQ, they understand the markets or they understand derivatives or assets, whatever it happens to be. And what we're actually finding in this study, what Carnegie found was that 85% of financial success was human engineering, so personality, the ability to communicate, to negotiate, to lead others. Again, it's the soft skills. Uh, only 15% of the success, financial success was due to technical skill. And this is borne out in a, a number of studies that look at the value of um, emotional intelligence. So one of the other things to think about in terms of why we should consider or, or commit, why, why we should commit to being a lifelong learner. It's a great quote from John Wooden. Uh, John Wooden was, in fact, still is, I believe, the most successful uh, college basketball coach of all time in the US. Um, and he had a very, very simple philosophy to uh, helping 
young men become better people and better basketball players. Being a role model is the most powerful form of educating. Youngsters need good role models more than they need critics. And it's very easy to find critics in the environment at the moment. One of the parents' greatest responsibilities and opportunities to, is to be a, a great role model. So in thinking about how you commit to or engage with lifelong learning, keep in mind that there's always an opportunity, again, if you have children or other people who look up to you, there is an opportunity there for you to help set the tone for them in terms of how they think about their own learning and development. Um, one of my fondest, uh, most heartwarming memories of being a parent and, and there were times when I was a terrible parent, but I think one of the things that, that Danette and I got right with our kids is uh, encouraged a love of reading and books and, and we had a ritual for a long time when we lived in Canberra when the kids were much younger that um, every Saturday morning we'd take them to uh, the, the local Deli France um, patisserie bakery store and you know they'd have croissants and, and uh and stuff for for breakfast and then we would walk next door to the local dimex bookstore and they could buy a book uh and i still think it was one of the best things that we ever did was got them excited about and interested in reading uh and whilst i, I also acknowledge there were times when we might have got a little um too focused on the type of book that they were reading understanding they're just getting young people interested in reading as a, as a beautiful way of learning in the first place is a good thing to do. Um, and if you want to improve your vocabulary, just while we're talking about learning, one of the quickest ways to do that is to read different books. Uh, I have a number of favourite authors, but I also read quite widely. And one of the things that that's helped me do over the years is build um, a, a very solid vocab, which serves me quite well. One of the other benefits from lifelong learning is it builds stronger adaptability uh, skills in us. And, and I, I mentioned at the start of the webinar, adaptability is uh, something of a buzzword at the moment. Um, it's a new form of intelligence. We started off 30 or 40 years ago with, uh, with IQ, which is intelligence quotient. And then people like Howard Gardner and um, John Salaby, Peter Mayo, and then Daniel Goleman, started um, talking about the idea that we actually had different types of intelligence. So there was a lot more than just our IQ and then emotional intelligence or EQ came on board. Uh, more recently, we're talking about adaptability as being a critical skill or set of skills for human beings to develop. And, and literally um, the adaptability thing just comes back to how well we cope with constant ongoing change, uncertainty, the idea that anybody can predict what's happening or what's going to happen in, in the world in the next five to 10 years is crazy. I don't think one person has sufficient access to all of the possible information. So being able to adapt, to pivot, to embrace change, all of that sort of stuff is massively important. And we can't become more adaptable by not learning. So if, if we stand still and don't learn any more than we already know, we become less adaptable rather than more. So for me, the idea of adaptability, again, in, in the context of lifelong learning, it's, it's a great benefit from it. Um, 
I'm going to pause for questions in just a second, but I did want to briefly mention the SCARF model. And, and again, one of the benefits from lifelong learning for us as human beings is the, um, the chemicals that are triggered when we learn something that interests us or excites us or motivates us. Uh, now this model, the SCARF model, this uh, model was developed by David Rock, uh, again, founder of the Neuroleadership Institute in a book that David wrote a few years ago called Your Brain at Work. And the model is based on dopamine levels in our brain. So dopamine is often called the feel-good neurotransmitter. When our dopamine levels increase, we literally feel good. When our dopamine levels decrease, we feel bad or we feel less good. And um, Rock talks about a, a way or threat responses. So the brain, the human brain basically makes decisions. Uh, and a lot of this is, is completely subconscious to us. So it makes decisions based on wanting to move away from anything that it perceives as a threat. And it likes moving towards things that it sees as a reward, because when I get a reward, my dopamine level goes up, I feel good. If I experience or think about something as a threat, my dopamine level drops, cortisol increases, and I feel bad. And if the threat response is sufficiently strong, I will slip into fight or flight mode, my adrenaline cortisol levels go through the roof. Um, and, and that is also really not a helpful state to be in from a learning perspective. So engaging in lifelong learning, particularly when part of that learning is about subject matter or topics or things that I'm interested in, is a beautiful way of creating um, a reward state in our brain. So it triggers a dopamine hit and I feel good. Um, and the, the domains on this scarf model, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but the five domains are around status certainty. So one of the things that can happen as we learn new skills and learn new information, our sense of our own status can actually increase because we're, we're now cognizant. We, we understand and appreciate that we actually know more than we used to. Um, and this can be a simple skill like um, learning how to say a phrase in a different language, learning how to say good morning or good afternoon or thank you in Russian might sound overly simplistic, but if I value that, if I think that's important, that can trigger a status award because I now know something I didn't before. Um, the other area where the learning is relevant to the SCARF domains is probably in the areas of certainty and autonomy. But again, keep in mind that the reaction in our brain when we learn something, if it's relevant or interesting to us, it will often trigger a reward response and we will feel good. And the flow on effect from that is that when we're in a more positive state of mind, so when we're feeling good in our brain, one of the wonderful things about the brain is it will continue to look for opportunities to feel good. So if I have a positive self story about lifelong learning and the benefits for me in that, uh, the brain has a, a way of filtering information. So if I believe that lifelong learning is fantastic for me, it will seek and look for uh, and identify information or evidence to back up that belief. And it will filter out any evidence to the contrary. So simply by having a positive attitude about learning in the first place, I can actually get my brain on board and it will help keep me in that state. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on about uh, lifelong learning was the benefits for our brain. And there've been a number of studies done in the last 10 or 15 years around learning and the impact that it has. So when we learn, one of the things that happens in our brain is we actually grow new brain cells, but we also grow more connections between those cells, between the neurons. 
So our brain can not only grow in size, but the connections between uh, different areas of our brain can also grow and strengthen. Now, one of the other things around brain health in lifelong learning is this thing called the snowball effect. So because learning new things grows brain structures, which makes learning easier, learning new things then becomes a bit easier. And then our brain grows more structures, which then makes new learning easier. And it literally becomes a snowball effect. And the opposite can also be true to some extent that if we stop learning, our brain doesn't grow. And over time, we can start to lose um, some of the brain plasticity and also some of the brain size. So the idea of neuroplasticity has been with us now for probably 15 years or so. Uh, and literally just means that the brain can change and it does change if we continue to use the brain. If we lose um, part of a brain function because we've been involved in a car accident or some illness, we can train our brain to pick up that function uh, in a different part of the brain. Neurogenesis is a term uh, that was coined to describe the process of growing new brain cells. And again, it's not that long ago that we believed that once you reached a certain age, let's call it 50, from that point on, you could expect to start losing brain cells. And by the time you've reached 80 or 90 years of age, if you were still alive, your brain would be a pale shadow of it former self. But that was just sort of expected. As you get old, your brain just starts to fade and you know, it is what it is. But we understand today that that's not true at all. So neurogenesis has proven that if you continue to learn to stretch yourself, to, to make new connections, to learn different, uh, you know, different skills, different information, uh, if you remain socially active, then your brain will continue to generate new brain cells literally until uh, the day you die, which is um, for oldies like me is fantastic news. I'm really excited about that. Again, continue to learn, you continue to keep your brain healthy. Uh, a number of studies have also proven that ongoing learning, uh, there was a wonderful study done on a, a cloister of nuns in Italy, uh, which found that because they were actively engaged in learning, uh, learning their scriptures, learning uh, new information, they read widely, they had conversations, they had very robust discussions. And they found that that group had substantially reduced risk of things like dementia, mental, in, uh, mental illness and Alzheimer's. Uh, and there was a direct correlation back to the fact that they continued to learn. I uh, mentioned earlier, one of the great things about brain health and learning is when we connect socially with other people whilst we're learning, it, it really does give us a, like a 10x impact um, in terms of brain health. And one of the other things that you can do to improve your brain health is just make learning fun. If we have an attitude that learning sucks, it's really hard, I don't like it. Uh, again, the confirmation bias um, filter in our brain will just look for evidence to back up our belief that learning is, is rubbish, it's hard, it's difficult and I don't like it. So my brain will just literally give me what uh, evidence to back up my, my belief. So if I make learning fun, and part of the lifelong learning thing should be learning uh, about things that have nothing whatsoever to do with what you do for a living, but they have a lot to do with who you are as a human being. So learning about non-work stuff is also hugely important. Make it fun. Uh, one other thing I actually, let me just go back. Can I go back? 
I wanted to st stop talking for a sec. I'd love to hear from anyone on the call at the moment, um, just around the learning and brain health. Um, in fact, everything that we've covered so far, what resonates most strongly for you up until now? Uh, what's really stood out for you and what we've covered so far? So I'll just open up to the group again. Feel free to unmute yourself or if you want to use the chat function, shoot me through a note on that. Okay, let's move on. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention, is, and this, uh, I guess, sort of follows on from the idea that learning doesn't have to be a hard slog. It also doesn't have to be massive. Uh, and this is the idea of 1% wins. Now, in a business context, some of the most successful businesses on the planet didn't become, they didn't get to where they are because of massive overnight changes in technology or people or thinking or products or marketing sales pitches. Uh, they generally became exceptional and they remained exceptional because they bought into the idea of small, consistent, regular improvements. The same thing applies for human beings in the arts, in sports. Some of the most successful sporting teams in any culture anywhere in the world got there because they committed to just doing one thing every day a little bit better than the day before and just continually doing that over time. And we can apply the same principle to learning. Lifelong learning is a journey without an end. Uh, it really ends when we do. Otherwise, it is just a commitment to continually trying or looking for opportunities to learn more, to grow more. Uh, and it helps just to make a commitment to small, consistent improvements. So think about what you do in your work day and what are the tasks or activities that you undertake at work, even committing to just making small improvements in how you do your work. Because to get there, you have to learn, well, how, how do I do the work at the moment? So if I look at a particular activity that I'm doing, and you know, we can engage the plan, do, check, act, um, quality improvement cycle. So I have a plan for the work I'm going to do, and then I do it, and then I stop and I check on what I've done and ask myself, what can I learn from that? How can I get better? And then I act on that by creating a new plan and then I do it again and then I check and what did I learn from that? How can I get better? I act on that and so on. So again, um, we, we get better at anything by reflexive practice uh, and learning is the key to that. Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers made the idea of the 10,000 hours principle uh, quite popular and, and the theory was that if you spend a minimum of 10,000 hours on any skill, you become world class at it. Um, the original researcher who used the 10 or, or mentioned the 10,000 hours rule has since come out and, and expressed some disappointment that Gladwell sort of misquoted him. Uh, but the, the principle still holds true that when we commit to making small, consistent daily improvements, we can absolutely become exceptional at anything. And it's a great way to learn things. Uh, another really important thing in thinking about your learning journey is make sure you celebrate uh, every small success. Always take time out to acknowledge how far you've come rather than just continuing to shift the goalposts and yes, I've achieved this, now move on to the next thing, achieve this, move on to the next thing. So celebrate even the small wins. And it's a really good thing to do with your team as well. Find an accountability or inspiration buddy. Uh, if you want to commit to making changes in your life, to learning something new, to doing things differently, one of the things that I've found always is particularly helpful is having um, you know, that accountability buddy. So knowing that there's somebody that I trust uh, 
who absolutely buys into why I want to learn or do the things that I want to learn or do. Uh, and knowing that they're going to be checking in and supporting me is sometimes the, the little additional boost that we need to actually make a change. Um, also important to periodically review your development plan. So if you have a, a learning and development plan for yourself, again, whether this is work-related or whether this is for your life, um, make sure that part of that plan is, is checking in on it every, maybe every three months. Do a quick review because everything changes. Uh, and if part of the plan isn't really supporting you anymore or, you, or your, your needs or your own goals have changed, then uh, update the plan. Uh, another great quote from Anthony D'Angelo, develop a passion for learning. If you do, you will never cease to grow. So again, I'd love to hear, we're sort of getting towards the, uh, the tail end of the webinar, but I would like to hear what, uh, what's your current plan around lifelong learning? Uh, or what, what is your, think, your thoughts? Uh, how do you think about or see lifelong learning and how it relates to you uh, at this point in time? Again, happy for you to unmute yourself or to share your thoughts through the chat box. Hey, Russell, great to hear from you again. Uh, you need a plan? Yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, one of the things we'll talk about in just a sec is, is creating a... Um, I, I've sort of shifted away from a personal development plan to a life development plan because for me it, it is a more all-encompassing thing. Um, I know most organisations help build personal development plans around their employees, but as a human being, I think we need to look beyond that. So uh, happy to share some thoughts on, uh, there's a number of uh, particularly good templates that you can use to create um, a, a life development plan for yourself. Also a beautiful thing to do with your kids, uh, depending on their ages. But for, again, from my perspective, once they hit, um, you know, eight, nine or 10 years of age where their prefrontal cortex has started developing, uh, they can use logic and, and have rational conversations. It's not necessarily a bad idea to also get them to start thinking about what they want uh, from their life, not in the context of being locked into anything, but in the context of having a sense, again, of direction uh, in terms of where I'm going. Thanks for sharing, Russell. Uh, I do have some information coming up that um, hopefully will help you. So uh, again, at a career crossroads, tech skills versus soft skills, both, I guess, uh, great, great segue into uh, what we were going to cover next. And again, really appreciate your comments, Russell. Thank you. So here's some ideas on, or some thoughts on where you can start. Uh, again, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times, make learning fun and engaging. If, if you see this as, oh, it's just, it's a grind, it's something I have to do, but I'm not really that excited about it, then my first suggestion would be stop everything, sit down and start, uh, just become more aware of what you're actually thinking in the context of lifelong learning and change your thoughts. So make it fun and engage. And, and the only thing that changes between learning being a drag and learning being interesting and exciting is literally what's going on between your ears. So it literally just comes back to what you're thinking. So start off by thinking about this as this is fun. Um, create a life development plan. Uh, again, if you, uh, I've got contact details at the end of this. If you ping me after the webinar today, I'd be more than happy to send out a copy of uh, the template around life development. Um, Duncan, sorry, I've just seen your uh, your 
comment in the chat box. Thanks for that as well. Again, happy to provide some support, assistance, some ideas on um, where to go from here. Uh, so have a life development plan, which just looks at all aspects of you as a human being. What matters to you? And this is work related, but it's personal related. It can be around relationships. It can be around um, finances. It can be spiritual health, you know, all of that. Build a plan around the things that are important to you. And then part of that plan is just execute on the plan then check in on the plan, what's working, what's not working, how do you get better? Uh, another thing, again, just focus on small daily improvements. Um, one of the things that we understand about habits, creating new habits, you know, stepping into change for human beings is we're biologically hardwired to resist change. Our brain likes to conserve energy, so it likes to take the easy way every single time. And the easy way is generally let's just do the way we've always done. So rather than trying to reinvent yourself overnight, which almost never works, just focus on small, consistent, again, daily improvements over time. Uh, connect with others around learning. So making part of your learning journey a social activity is also hugely important. Uh, and one of the other comments I have around that connect with others, apart from the fact that it, it uh, increases our sense of well-being, it's good for our relationships, it's good for brain health. Uh, the other thing is find your tribe. So if, if the people that you spend a lot of time with are not lifelong learners, they don't embrace the idea of continuous personal development, then look for people who do. You know, find the tribe that's going to challenge you to, to become better, to grow. Find the people who enable you to have very different conversations. And, and this is often conversations where they know a hell of a lot more about something than you do. Uh, I love the saying, I don't know whose it was, that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. If you're the smartest person in your social groups, you're in the wrong social groups. It is scary, it can be confronting, but the best thing we can do is challenge ourselves by having those different conversations, by connecting with people who might um, make us feel somewhat inadequate to start with. But hugely important, these are the people who will challenge and support you with love and respect. These are not the critics. Uh, and the last thing I was going to say, hence the, um, <laughs> the graphic on the slide there, uh, you know, lean into your fears, confront your fears, dance towards your assistances, make it a bit fun. If there are things that you could learn, but there's that voice in your head, oh, I don't know if that's the right thing for you, the people are gonna laugh at me, then maybe just have a little skip towards that or do a two-step towards those resistances. Uh, and again, yeah, look for people who are going to support you and uh, as well as challenge you on that learning journey. I'm very conscious that I've talked a hell of a lot. Uh, I hope there was some useful information in there for you. Before we wrap up, and I will just ask, um, check in with you on, on final questions before we go. I just want to quickly uh, remind you all that our next webinar is on uh, Thursday, 13th of June, same time, so 10 a.m. Uh, where are we, Australian Eastern time. Uh, if you go to the website, magiclearning.com for more details and to register for that webinar. We'll also be um, publishing that through social media. Uh, the other thing I was going to encourage or invite you to do, if you don't already, is connect with us online. Uh, we'd love to stay in touch and uh, drop me a line. So it's just graham at magicallearning.com 
or um, if you go to the website, there's a uh, contact us page there. If you would like more information about anything that we've covered today, uh, please let me know. And again, we're, we're more than happy to help. So before we finish, um, thanks for your time. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, I'll just open up for any final questions. Again, uh, feel free to use the chat box or the uh, just unmute yourself and use audio. Okay, I've got the um, the hotel phone going off in the background. So if there are no more questions at this stage, again, folks, thanks very much for your time today. I hope it's been valuable for you. Uh, please stay in touch and let me know if we can help with uh, more information about things like personal development and life development plans. Have a fantastic week and I look forward to uh, connecting with you again sometime soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Magical Learning Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, as well as wherever you're finding your podcast. Look at our website, magicallearning.com, for all new information about our courses and how you can get in contact with us. I hope you have a magical day.